Put your hands together and make welcome Brother Corey Porterfield and the Lord. Give that unto the Lord tonight, would you? Somebody shout with a voice of triumph. Oh, hallelujah. I love what I feel in this house tonight. What a powerful move of the Holy Ghost that we've already had. And uh, I thought for a second I was going to have good church and get to go home. We're just going to break out. It's so good to see so many folks uh, that I know in the house. It's good to see Brother Ray and Brother Brandon Clifton. That's my roping buddies. And uh, I love them folks. To death I told Uncle Ray, I walked back there and I said, did they not announce I'm preaching this, this morning? I said, because I thought for sure if they announced I was coming, you wouldn't have came tonight. He said, oh, no, he, he wasn't going to do that. He, wasn't gonna do that. he said, I'm faithful with good preachers and bad preachers. He don't, he don't have no preacher religion. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 20. It's good to see Jack Pulse here tonight. I'm going to embarrass him. He's basically my family, and uh, I love seeing him worship in the house of the Lord. Jack, it's good to see you. I give honor to your pastor here who is not here, uh, and uh, I, I thank God for Pastor John Voskis, and I know you do too, one of the greatest men that I know. And uh, I love him. I love him. He's, he has ministered and spoken to my life on many occasions, and I, I wouldn't dare go without giving honor to your bishop. Um, man, the, the Wilsons have just been, and he obviously needs no uh, compliments from me. But I thank God for Brother and Sister Wilson and the stance that they have taken over the years, the example that they have been. And I love Bishop and Sister Wilson tonight. And to this great church, and I say this, I've, I've probably told you this before, but, um, you know, our church, is, how long, Bishop, has this church been here? 76 years. Our church <clears throat> be 33 years this year, so we're still just a youngster. We, we still wet behind the ears, a little green. But I remember coming to camp meetings, uh, hearing your choir as a kid. And I, I still remember conversations. Mom and Dad may kill me going home. No, they, they wouldn't mind me saying this a bit. But I remember them dreaming. I was just probably five, six, seven, eight years old. And they'd say, we're going to have a choir like they have one, one of these days. And uh, this church has been a, a, a pillar and an example, and you still are. And I want to say thank you for never wavering, for standing on truth. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because there's more Jesus name community churches out there that's looking and saying, if they can do it, we can do it. And I appreciate that. But you know one reason I like Bishop? I forgot my, my suit knife over here. Is that all right, Bishop? Is that kind of... Man, I, I had an eye care. I like carrying my pocket knife every once in a while. I'm old, I'm old redneck hillbilly. I'm old cowboy wannabe. And um, one night I was... Bishop, I had a knife. And he said, you got a knife? Mine was an old, big, ugly thing. About pulled my pants down. If I didn't have a belt on, they'd probably fall off of me and... He said, I like these suit knives. And he pulled out this cool little knife. And so now every time I go somewhere, I'll try to find me a little suit knife. Uncle Ray has got a steer head on it. 
So I, got, I, got, I brought my suit knife in honor of you tonight, Bishop. Book of John, chapter 20, verse 3. I done kept you standing too long. Bible says that Peter therefore went forth, that other disciple, and came to the sepulcher. And so they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and he came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw. Everybody said he saw. Saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth. Everybody said he seen. The linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw. Everybody say saw. saw. And he believed. Say he believed. believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again under their own home. I want to preach to you for just a moment, if you'll allow me, on this thought. You have to see it for yourself. It's Pentecost Sunday. You have to see this for yourself. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I wonder if we could all lift our hands all across this place. And I wish you'd begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Lord, I love you. God, I worship you. Lord, I need you tonight. God, don't let me try to be somebody that I'm not. God, help me. God, minister to these people. And God, if there's anybody in this place that's never experienced you in the power of the Holy Ghost, God, before this night is over, God, feel them, Lord, from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Clap your hands as loud as you can. You may be seated. You don't have to stay seated, though. Peter looks at Jesus and says, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth. And Jesus answered this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me thrice, three times. Then Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then they seized Jesus, and they led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. Peter follows at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. And across the fire sat a servant girl who looked through those flames and she looked close enough at Peter and she said, this man was with him. Of course, Peter denied it. Response was, woman, I don't know this man. Then the second denial came from the same girl in the book of Mark. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. About an hour later, another asserted certainly that this gentleman was with him, for he is a Galilean. 
And Peter replied, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And in that moment, a rooster crows. Jesus was close enough that he turned and he looked in the eyes of Peter. And Peter immediately remembers the word that the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. I want you to remember this, Peter. The Peter that denies Christ. The Peter that is cowardly. Because 50 days later, Peter in the book of Acts chapter 2 seems to be a different person. When he goes from denying Christ to convincing others of Christ. I want you to picture, I want you to skip over to the book of Acts with me for just a moment. And I want us to imagine that that we were there. Felt probably a little bit like it did earlier in the service. Power of God fell. Holy Ghost is sweeping through the place. Didn't it feel good just a moment ago? There is nothing quite like the power of God's Spirit. Is it? Has it ever got old to you? Has it ever got dull to you? Has I, have you ever wanted to substitute it for any? I'm telling you right now, there is nothing like feeling God's presence. So imagine you were there the day of Pentecost has fully come. The Holy Ghost has filled the house. And we'll start with verse 3 in the book of Acts chapter 2. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set on upon each of them. And the Bible says, and they were all filled. How many? Part of them. Let me tell you today that it is God's will that every man, woman, and child in this building right now be filled with the Holy Ghost. You may come in, you say, oh, the roof's going to fall in. You don't know what I'm telling you right now. I don't care where you come from, what you've been through, what your last name is. God wants to save your soul. So the power of God falls, the Holy Ghost falls, fire falls. The Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people get wind of it. And when they did, the Bible says that the multitude come together. And they were confounded because every man heard them speak in their language. We'll go to to verse 12 uh, and and 13. The Bible says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? And others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. And with controversy in the air, all of a sudden, the guy who wouldn't even acknowledge that he knew Jesus 50 days before, all of a sudden has something to say. Verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be 
this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this, what we saw a while ago, this is it's not crazy. This, it's not out of the Bible. This, what you saw them leading back to water, this is, is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I want you, I'm going somewhere, I promise. The same guy that had no spine whatsoever 50 days before is now standing preaching to the multitude and he's trying to convince these people that the resurrection has taken place because you can't receive his spirit if you think he's still in the grave. Can I tell you tonight uh, that he's not still hanging on a cross, uh, that he's not in some tomb. Uh, he is alive uh, and he is well. Where in the Bible says that we only have to celebrate the resurrection uh, once a year. I know it ain't Easter, but somebody ought to get excited uh, that we ain't got to worship a statue. Uh, I know it's not Easter, but somebody ought to still shout uh, on a random Sunday in May uh, that Jesus is alive and he's well so Peter's a communicator he's got he's to get it across that, that Jesus they say what meaneth this he's got to explain to them they got to understand they still think he's in the tomb and you got to remember our scripture text Peter done ran down stooping in looked in and he saw Jesus no he saw linen clothes and a napkin and something set a fire in him. And he knew that if they were going to get what they were getting in that upper room, they had to understand that Jesus was not dead. So he began to start. We'll skip down, go down to verse 22. He said, ye men of Israel, look, I know you know Acts 2.38. When's the last time you understood, you read the whole chapter? Because what's happening is, is Peter begins to preach. He begins to preach, and he starts out with the resurrection, but he's got to build a foundation. And so he says in verse 22, he says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. Now, Peter knows he's more than a man, but they don't know that he's more than a man. You say, how do you know that Peter knew? But because before we get to this place, you look back in the Gospels and you see where Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elias. And some say you're a prophet. And Jesus said, no, scratch that. Who do you say that I am? And Peter alone stands up and he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you somebody hear me right now you got to understand that we serve a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or even think and is still alive 
He's not dead. And he's trying to tell us, so he says, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. And you yourselves also know him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. I mean, look at the change. Servant girl across a bonfire says, you're one of them. He says, oh, no. He goes from that to looking at a multitude and he says by wicked hands have been crucified and slain he said you crucified looks like a different person to me verse 24 says whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should behold in of it. I could keep reading, but I'm not. I'll paraphrase. So he's got to get these people, he's got to get them to understand that Jesus is no longer in the tomb, that he's been resurrected before they can get what these disciples and apostles were receiving. So he brings up three men in, in place that he knew had a lot of recognition in that day. He brought up Abraham. He brought up Moses and he brought up David it was a stroke of genius he's a communicator now he's talking to him he's preaching to him bishop and he looks and he says he says I know you know Abraham I know you know where he's buried he's buried in Hebron a town south of Jerusalem Nobody knew for sure where Moses was buried, but everybody knew where David was buried and so basically he said look if we load it up in a tour bus and we rolled down to David's tomb. David's been buried for a thousand years. You know what we'll find there? A corpse. Abraham's been buried for some time now. And if we rolled over there and we looked in his tomb, you know what we'd find? Bones. He said, but if you'd roll with me over to Joseph's tomb, if you go with me where that tomb that Jesus buried, you know what we'd find? You won't find anything there. Oh, you hear me right now? Because Jesus has been resurrected. And you have to ask, what has changed Peter. What was it? What was it that took a man who was so fickle and inconsistent in his relationship that he would lie about knowing Jesus to a man 50 days later, he's the spokesperson and he's preaching the gospel without fear or faith. I'll tell you what it was. It was the power of the resurrection. When Peter was running in the book of John and that other disciple before him and when he got to that tomb, Sister Wilson, and he looked down in there and he peeked and where there should be a body, it clicked in him. He saw it for himself and in that moment he realized that Jesus was who he said that he was. Oh, somebody hear me right now. Somebody listen to me right now. Some, there's something that happens to a man when you see it for yourself. There's something that happens to a woman when they experience it for themselves. Oh, you hear me? 
That's why he says in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 20, I don't know if I gave you that scripture, but Peter himself said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Peter said, I'm different because I have seen this for myself. And so when we find him over in the book of Acts, he's a different man talking to the multitude because he saw this thing for himself. Look at your neighbor. Say, you got to see this for yourself. I'm getting to where I'm going. If you'll stay with me just for a little bit. And so verse 36 says, therefore, Peter's preaching to him. He said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter saw it and he's letting the multitude know that this Jesus wasn't just a man, but he was both Lord and Christ. I've come to preach to somebody tonight at Bethlehem, Mississippi that it'll change your life when you experience Jesus for yourself. Oh, you gotta see it. You don't need, you don't need anybody else. When you see it for yourself, you don't need somebody to talk you into it. You don't need somebody to, to convince you because you saw it for yourself. Let me tell you, Bishop, nobody else saw it for me. No, 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 no. No, brother. I, I, had, a, I had an experience for myself. You say, why is this preacher preaching so passionately? Why is this preacher preaching with, I mean, just giving everything? I'll tell you why. Because I didn't get daddy's religion, and I didn't get mama's religion, and I didn't get grandma's religion. I got this thing for myself. There's nothing like the Holy Ghost. I guess it was, it's on Facebook, ain't it? That's all right. I'm going to say it anyways. We were elected, me and my wife, in 2018 at the church. They voted on us. I scared to death. Brantley told me, he said, Dad, what if they don't vote you in? I said, shut up, boy. <laughs> we'll have to move, sell the horses. He said, oh, Lord, can I vote? <laughs> They voted me in, Brother Wilson. And I remember just a few weeks after they voted me in, I was mowing the cemetery. I was on that zero turn. I, was, I get, Lord speaks to me a lot on that lawnmower. I think it's the Lord. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's me probably. So I was riding through there and I got a phone call. This, it was one of them 45-minute phone calls. This sweet lady come on the phone, and she had some concerns, Sister Wilson, and I get it. She told me, she just basically was honest, and probably I needed it, but she, I didn't think I did at the time. She told me, she said, now you ain't taking this church down, down this road. You can kind of read between the lines. She, she, she said, you ain't going down this way. You ain't going down this way. And then she compared our situation to a situation that she was close to. And she said, now let me tell you, son, that was a, that was a boy who took his daddy's church too. 
And they went down the wrong road. And she said, you ain't going to do all that. And I'm talking about my blood pressure sky high. It's 107 degrees out on that zero turn. And I'm trying to, you know, I don't know half what I'm doing still. I, I, I didn't know what I'm doing then either. And I was trying to be kind and nice. And, and I was listening to it and I said, yes, ma'am, I understand. I wouldn't dare. I, I respect and I reverence holiness. I reverence all this. I, I believe in the one God teaching. I, obviously, I said, Bishop wouldn't have let me, wouldn't even let me have a chance if he didn't think that I was, thought I was wavering on some issues. And I said, I, look, I, I get it. And this is where I stopped. Because she said, well, you know, that, that boy down there ain't even ever spoken tongues before. And that's where I said, whoa. I said, let me stop you right there because that's the difference in the comparison. I said, he may never spoke in tongues and he may never saw this thing for himself. And don't, don't get me wrong, I thank God for my mama and my daddy. But there was a moment, Sister Wilson, where it wasn't daddy's religion. It wasn't daddy's experience. It wasn't mama's experience. This old boy got in an old-fashioned altar and I got this thing for myself you hear me right now there's 76 years of rich history in this place but there comes a moment and I'm talking to this generation where Bishop may not be here and Sister Wilson may not be here and some of these strong elders may not be here and you better have saw this thing for yourself I wish somebody to lift your hands right now and let the Holy Ghost set upon you. Tradition says that when Peter was put to death that he requested to be crucified on an inverted cross. The reason for his request was that because he had denied his Lord he did not consider himself worthy to die as Jesus died. Let me tell you what the resurrection will do for you. It'll make you hate what you were before. I don't like glorifying what I used to be. Peter hated the old man in him all the way to his death because the power of the resurrection will change you. It'll take a man that was fearful and make him die for the cause. It'll take an alcoholic and make him despise the taste. When Jesus comes in, you'll never be the same. Somebody say, I want to see this. I want to see it. Go with me to the book of John chapter 20, verse 24. The Bible says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Thomas didn't see it for himself. He hasn't experienced seeing Jesus after the cross, after the nails went through the hand, after the crown of thorns. In his mind, the stone was still in place. I know what you're telling me, but I'll have to see it for myself. It's crazy talk. I don't believe you. I'll, I'll believe it if I see it. How many has ever said that? I remember when I was growing up, and y'all fixing to kick me out of this church, make fun of me. Y'all going to laugh at me? Anybody? They, I don't know about Potts County, Mississippi, but back in Walnut, 
Uh, apparently, supposedly, there's been some sightings of some large cats with a darker color out in the woods. Some might call them black panthers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, some of you are like, yeah. I remember when I was 16 years old. Anybody knows who, know, know who Brother Ashcraft is? I see Brother Jonathan Barnes sitting here. His uncle, Brother Wade Barnes, was uh, our Sunday school superintendent. He's, he's passed away. was a fine man. Brother Dylan Barnes at Leeds Worship Force. Uh, that's his father and Brother Jonathan's uh, uncle. And uh, I remember distinctly, Brother Wilson, one, one Sunday night, I was 16 years old, and I, for whatever reason, this has always stuck with me, Sister Wilson. Brother, Brother Wade and Brother Ashcraft was having a conversation about hearing the cry of a, of a, a wild cat behind Brother Wade's house. So I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm just glued to him, just, you know, listening. Brother, Brother Wade was telling Brother, Brother Ashcraft, he said, I'm telling you right now, listen to me. In the middle of the night, he said, I'll hear it like it sounds like a woman screaming. He says, wow. Brother Ashcroft said, I mean, he's taking it all in. I thought, this man believes what he's saying. He believes it. And he, he gets to him, and Brother Ashcroft said, Brother Wade, I believe you. And it was like Brother Wade was shocked. It's like, you do? That's the first one he found. <laughs> Brother Brother Ashcroft said, yeah, I believe you. And I'll never forget what he told him. Brandon Clifton, he said, uh, he said, I believe you. He said, but wait, I've been having trouble with giraffes in my backyard. <laughs> oh, man, Brother Wade, he sawed up and he said, Pfft. he walked out of there. It took him a few weeks. He had to pray, get an altar. He's ticked off at him for a little bit. Now, now, I never forgot that. So anybody come up with a story about a black panther, I, I'd, I'd laugh them in the ground. Laugh them. And then here we are, fast forward on up. I'm 24 years old. Lana, Lana's not here tonight, and she probably, she, she might be watching. I don't know. I can handle her, though. She's getting ready to be married. You know how it is when you're married. When you're about to be married, you're getting ready to get married. You're starving yourself to death, and you're running every day, and got a gym membership, and everybody knows you ain't going to keep it. <laughs> so this is right before the dream is broke up. I mean, we're all at home. We're living in the house. I mean, we're, we're living for the Lord. God's blessing us, and, and uh, we're, we're uh, I'm, I'm, Lana's, Lana's, you know, she's getting close to getting married, and uh, she's running. Up that long, if you know where we live, we live on a long, mom and dad's got a long, I don't live there no more, I wish I did, but they, they, she, they have a long driveway up through there. And I remember one day she come in, opened that door, busted through that door, and she said, Daddy, 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 Daddy. He walked in, he said, Lord have mercy, what is going on? She said, oh, Daddy, I, I was running up and in the pasture, the, she said that the grass was real tall and it was in the fall of the year. She said, I seen this black cat. It was huge. And he run off through the woods. And Lord, you talking about I made so much fun of her. Until the day I was running. 
I was coming up through there, and I look, 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 look. I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm an honest guy. I, I don't exaggerate much. My wife might beg to differ, but I try my, I get a little evangelistic every once in a while, but I try my best to be real about things. I, you know, I wasn't one of those kids that say, I'm, you know, I'm going to go play pro ball. I knew I wasn't playing pro ball. You know, I was pretty, I'm pretty honest and real about life situations. And man, I was running Bishop and I'm, t- I, I promise you, I can't say that I saw a black cat, but Ray, something jumped out of them weeds and jumped in there real quick. And I'm talking about, I said, I ran in that house and I said, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I didn't do that, but I didn't run no more, I guarantee you this. And you can tell. I just ran in church because I knew there wasn't no Panthers in there. What I'm trying to say is, is sometimes you won't believe it until you see it for yourself. Oh, I know how you are. Let me tell you, I know how you are. That's crazy. That's nonsense. There ain't no way that somebody speak in tongues and something take them over. That's, that's, that's all. That's, that Bibles. That's what that may have been for that day. But I, I, it ain't no way it's for this day. Let me tell you something. There's some of the smartest people in this county that goes to this church. There's lawyers. There's doctors. There's nurses. They ain't crazy. They just saw this thing for themselves. Oh, you hear me right now. You can sit there and say it ain't real all you want to, but until you step over into that altar and you let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you, it'll change your life forever. I wish if you've ever been filled with God's Spirit, I wish you'd stand to your feet and I wish you'd lift your hands and say it's real, it's real, it's real. Can I preach a little more? Hear me. So Thomas hadn't experienced it. Book of John chapter 20, verse 25. The Bible says, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. It's one of the hardest things to do is explain adequately how amazing the Holy Ghost is. I can't explain it well enough. I can't preach it well enough. My vocabulary isn't eloquent enough. I, I can't I can't do it. It's like showing pictures of beautiful places that you've been. And when you pull out your phone, you realize that it's not what it was when you were there. And we say the picture just doesn't do it justice. Why? Because some things you have to see it for yourself. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place and so Thomas replies but he said unto them except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side I will not believe I believe there are some of us here tonight that before we came to God we said I'll never do that Oh, I'll never, I'll never worship that way. I'll never believe that way. I'll never go there. 
It didn't happen for us right away. Let me tell you, church, don't give up on people who haven't experienced it for themselves yet. Oh, hear me right now. For all of you that's never been filled with the Holy Ghost, don't worry. Some of us said it's crazy too. Some of us said I'll never run the aisles too. Some of us said I'll never shout too. Oh, but there was one Sunday night that something got a hold of me and I saw it for myself. And the Bible says, after eight days again, and his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Listen to me. If you'll get around the right people, you'll see the miraculous. If you'll get around the right folks, you'll experience Jesus. Thomas had to get in the right place to see it for himself. Let me tell you, you're in the right place. And so verse 26 says, Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither the... Don't you just... Man, ain't the Lord something... It's just awesome how... I I don't even like saying this because it almost sounds like a derogatory term, and it's the Lord. So I mean this in the most complimentative way, if that's a word. He is being petty right now because he heard what Thomas said except I shall put my hand in his side except I shall put my finger in his hand and what does Jesus do he busts through that door he passes up everybody in the place and he says you better watch saying I'll never fall out in the spirit You better watch saying, I'll never be baptized in Jesus' name. You better watch saying, that ain't gonna ever take over me like that. You better be careful, because he might bust through them back doors and say, take your finger, Thomas. Isn't that what you said? Take your hand, Thomas. Put it in my side. Isn't that what you asked? I should have said specific. I want to tell somebody today that you need to see this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take your neighbor's word for it. Be Thomas and say, I got to see this for myself. You've seen him. Now I must see him. You felt him. Now I must feel him. It's the greatest feeling in the world. I wish I could preach better about it. I wish I could talk you into it, but let me tell you, I'm gonna say it like David said it in song. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I can't talk well enough. I can't sing well enough. I'm not smart enough. All I can tell you is won't you taste a little bit of it? Won't you look for yourself? Won't you give God a shot? I'm coming to a close. I'm hurrying. And Peter is convincing them that Jesus is risen and he's preached so well and he's so convincing and so persuasive that when he's finished, the Bible says, now when they heard this, Acts 2 and 37, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, 
what shall we do? They said, Peter, I believe what you're saying. I'm convinced Jesus is Lord. But tell us, what must we do to experience the promise that you're talking about? And Peter gives the first altar call in the New Testament in verse 38. And he looks at them because he gets them because that's what we're preaching for is an altar call. And I can imagine him maybe having just a little smile on his face, Brother Austin Hughes. And the Bible says Peter said unto them, this is where he was getting He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. Can I get somebody? Come play just softly. I'm almost finished. But it's just several months ago, we had a young lady that was working at the daycare. May have been a little more than that. I won't tell you her name. She's working at a daycare, Sister Wilson. She'd never been in an apostolic church before in her life. Now, it ain't always like this at the daycare. But apparently, there was enough Holy Ghost in there that got her to read in her Bible. I was shocked too. <laughs> One wish she'd never come to our church before. But our director called me up and said, Corey, she was Shelly at the time. She said, Brother Corey, so-and-so that works at the daycare, never been to a service, never been to an apostolic service before. Since she's been reading her Bible, wanted to know what we believed. She said she'd never read in the book of Acts before. She said, would you meet her before church tonight? I said, sure. So I got there about 6 o'clock. Church starts at 7.30. And I met with her. She's sitting there, had her Bible open, had her yellow note sticks sticky notes on her had scriptures wrote down she looked at me with tears in her eyes she said why you never buy, anybody ever told me about this before she said is this real she said can you give me any more scripture on that I said sure so I said, won't you go over to Mark 16 and 17 if you want to step out of the book of Acts. She pulled over Mark 16 and 17 where it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils in my name and they shall speak with new tongues. I said, won't you go over to Luke 22 and 32. Where Jesus is looking at Peter and he says, Peter, I pray that thy faith fail you not. I said, I don't want to say her name. I almost did it. I said, did he have faith? She said, yeah. I said, can it fail you? She had different beliefs on that. She said, yeah. 
according to what Jesus said. And I said, read that next part, because he believed, right? She said, and when thou art converted. I said, was he converted yet? She said, no. I said, did he believe? She said, yeah. I said, do you know why he wasn't yet converted? She said, no. I said, just flip back over there to the book of Acts. Because the Holy Ghost was about to be given. And I said, he's about to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Tears rolled down her face. And she said, can I receive it? Never been in an apostolic service, not one day in her life. I said, it's for you. She said, I want to I wanna have it. She said, have you, you spoken in tongues? I said, absolutely have. She said, she looked at Shelly. She said, have you spoken in tongues? She said, many times. She said, was you raised apostolic? Shelly said, no, I was not. She said, can I get it? I said, you can get it tonight. You hear me right now. She walked in there and never heard, a, heard an apostolic praise team, never heard an apostolic preacher. All she'd done is read the Bible and had a 10-minute Bible study with me. And she walked in there on a Wednesday night and before the preaching ever got there, she lifted her hands and she began to speak in a language that she had never spoken in before in her life. You hear me right now. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care who you are. I don't care who your mom and daddy are. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to close with this. When Columbus pulled up to America, the Americas, he was blown away with the beauty. And he wrote back in his letter, and I want to read just an expert here, excerpt. Here's an excerpt from the letter he sent back to the king. This is what he wrote. He said, in the island, which I have said before was called Hispania, there are very lofty and beautiful mountains, great farms, groves, fields, most fertile both for cultivation and for pasturage and well adapted for constructing buildings. The convenience of the harbors in this land and the excellence of the rivers in the volume surpass human belief. Then he says this, unless on should see them. You know what he was saying? Basically what he was saying was, you wouldn't believe it unless you saw it. And I come to tell you today that I haven't done the Holy Ghost justice tonight preaching. I can tell you story after story, but unless you see it for yourself, you'll never understand what I'm talking about. And you'll never understand what they're dancing about. And you'll never understand why they give their entire life to it unless you see it for yourself. These altars are open when we stand across this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. There is not a better Sunday night than tonight for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, move on in closer. Move on in closer. Come on, we're going to make room for some folks. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Oh, come on, somebody. Begin to call out on the Holy On the name of the Lord, call out. Begin to seek the Holy Ghost tonight. Begin to seek after. Come on. 
Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice in this place. I got to see this for myself. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, somebody. Not just a young preacher. Hold on one second. You go ahead and keep praying. Keep praying. Not just a young man. I got to that crossroads in my life. I knew what mom and daddy believed. But there come a time where I couldn't just rely on everybody around me. And I told the Lord, Brother Jonathan, I said, I got to get something, God. I got to know this is real. I got to know that this thing is right. You hear me right now. Somebody has got to make up in their mind that I'm not living this thing for anybody else but for myself. You need to have an experience where you know it it can't be for your boyfriend. It can't be for your girlfriend. It can't be for your husband. It can't be for your wife. It can't be for your family. You've got to experience this thing for yourself. Now I wish this church would lift their hands and create an atmosphere where somebody might, it ought to feel like the upper room. It ought to feel like the day of Pentecost. It ought to feel like something's moving. Come on, somebody. Lift your voice. Get lost. Get lost. Make somebody say, what meaneth this? What are they doing? What does this, what, what shall we do? Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, that's it. I see people seeking after. Show us your glory, show us your glory. 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke everything that's against this body. I rebuke everything that's against this body. I cast it out and bind it. Let the healing virtue flow. In Jesus' name be healed. Jesus' name be healed. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, yes. Touch Kevin's children's wife and mother, Lord. Rebuke this COVID from them. Save them and touch them. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen. Carrie Humphrey was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ on the 23rd day of May, 2021. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, sir. Thank God for that. Thank God. Did you enjoy this good preaching here tonight? Wow. Would you like Brother Corey to come back sometime? That's right. That's right. Wow. That's Pentecostal Sunday preaching. Good word. Thank you, our guests, our visitors, for coming and being with us tonight. We're happy to see you. Looking forward to you being back. Don't forget Wednesday night service.